Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Welcome, Friday form panel. Um, it's going to be another very, very tricky meeting to assess, but I've got a man that's here to always help me. He puts the pressure back on me sometimes, says, well, I can ship winners, but uh, I'm, uh, I've still got my job as a race caller. I don't know. Maybe I've got something to fall back on as well. I'm not sure what it is right now. Dan Malecki, how are you, my friend? I'm very well. No blister in the sun, my friend, but a uh, nice way to start the show. Um, tough night. Gee, I, I don't know. Over the last, say, six weeks, I reckon we've had some of the most challenging um, harness race meetings that I've, I've seen, at least in a, in, a, in a small period, you know, in a collective period. Uh, that I've ever come across, and um, I'm struggling from week to week to come up with those, uh, you know, those good things that can often stand out. But um, nonetheless, just means we work harder to find the gold. Well, yeah, <laughs> if we, yeah, we excavate, that's for sure, um, and hopefully we're in the right gold field sometimes. But uh, I have mentioned, look, it's it's only uh, it's only my quirk. Although there's people who agree and people who disagree, I think there's a there might be um, too great a proliferation of preferential draw races um, on a Saturday night these days because depending on the distance and depending on the bandwidth and uh, a variety of factors, it can mean that in, a, in an entire meeting there's sort of, there's very little you can rely on. And even when we go through the uh, the fast class pace uh, tomorrow night, the bold David free-for-all, it's super hard to work out. I mean, you look at the class runners sometimes with these prep races, don't you, Dan, and think to yourself, well, yeah, you're better, but who's going to make the move? When? Do you need somebody else to do it for you? You know, I don't, that, that is a little bit the case, I think, in the in the bold day of work, which we'll discuss later. Now, you've got he's a son mm. of a gun that's drawn wide on the front line and might be able to um, dart across, but we'll talk about that as well. Uh, but that's, that's the question mark. You're sort of looking... I, I think about thoroughbred punters looking and trying to find the class animal in a race, and sometimes... I think you can find the, class, the quote unquote class animal in a harness race these days, but it doesn't mean they're ever going to get to the contest. No, absolutely. Um, and whether it's those barrier draws, but particularly the barrier draws, those preferential draws when a horse is first up, it's, it, we're, we're seeing from yeah. week to week, it's just becoming um, uh, almost job impossible in a lot of cases, and it doesn't matter how good that they are. But, but that's good. It opens it up a little bit, and it just puts that emphasis... Uh, or the greater emphasis on on barrier draws and um, and also the opportunity to remind people you can get plenty of value in, in harness racing. Well, you can. Uh, and it's something that people don't understand. Pretty much for time and memorial every single time they've done a study, the average price winner almost every year in harness racing is around 6 to $7. And people think that, well, there's, uh, there's some short price favourites, but... Look, they can be the short price favourites. It just doesn't mean they're going to win. And I've, I can tell you, I've got a few beaten recently. Race one <laughs> <laughs> at Melton on Saturday night. Now, here's, a, here's another classic case. Sweet passion. He's not what you would call a breeze horse, I wouldn't have thought. 1,720 metres, second line draw. Lottie Moon's got some gate speed. Racketeers, boys, an interesting runner with a very high national rating for a race of this nature does Jimmy Herbertson pulled the trigger on Tiger Bandwagon like he did with I'm Shadow Boxer last week. Um, sweet Passion, I think, well, unless unless you believe Racketeer's boy might um, be on the same level, Sweet Passion, I think, is clearly the best horse in the race and I will be tipping it on top, but I can also recognise the obstacles and burdens which lay in front of him. Well, the biggest burden, the biggest obstacle is what I saw at Hamilton last start. It was... It was poor. I, on that performance, the way or the lack um, of fight this horse had should have won. It was a, started at $1.10, loomed up like it was 99 cents and did not find the line. It was very, very poor. Um, it pulls up okay, can't find anything wrong with it. You press on with campaign. That's the likely scenario from what... Um, and Matt Craven's stable, they're going absolutely super. Um I don't know, can you forgive? I mean, you often say you, you forgive for one average run. The start before, I thought, had every chance, but got overrun by some city-class horses. 
Last time was, you know when it leaves a sour taste in your mouth and you said, I'm working around you. And, and I, I just cannot, for the life of me, include sweet passion on what I saw at Hamilton. Even the start before, it's in the mix. First two runs from a spell were excellent, but I think it slowly got worse. Um, so I, I hate using the word pot, but I just can't back up um, uh, a suggested tip or putting it in the money here uh, on what I saw at Hamilton. I just thought it was really poor. It, it just finds a race that is probably not the strongest of, of city class races. Um, if anything, it might be marginally stronger than what it meant last start. So anyway, that out the way, I've looked around Sweet Passion, which is fraught with a lot of danger because he can turn that around on previous form, but uh, it, it was it was poor. Um, I still didn't know which way to go, and I'm having trouble trying to work it out. Lottie Moon's got gate speed, might be able to work across the face of the field. Um, you mentioned Racketeer's boy. He comes here with a, with a reasonable enough rating, although some of those ratings from Tasmania, I, I think they're a bit stiff, some of those horses. Yes. They come over here on marks. They don't deserve to be, and horses with twice as much ability come over with 30 points less from New Zealand. So can't quite work it out, but it's still going to be a, a, a decent race and an attractive race for it. Um, I'm going to settle on one here that uh, has been going as good as I've seen him go for a long time, and he seems to be rejuvenated, and he is finding the line, and that's number 11, Zubri, who, oh. to my surprise, is $18 as we speak. Um his last two runs have been really good. They've both resulted in wins. Even the third to our Vincent van Gogh was solid. Uh, might be the right sort of race where there's a number of horses that uh, don't win out of turn. Uh, I, I might go with uh, Zubri here. Well, I say I might. I've decided <laughs> to go with him. Um, three Racketeers, boy. Two Mickey Mahoney. Uh, six Lottie Moon. I want to suggest the Tiger Bandwagon's in the mix as well. So I've worked around the favourite here, Jason. Um, and as I said, if you took a, a wider quaddy, you might want to throw it in. But then again, you're probably probing for a bit of value uh, as well. 11, 3, 2 and 6. At least Zubri at $18. Um, I, I marked him in single figures uh, in a very difficult race. It's not a race I could really get a great hand in. But uh, it's a tricky race to start the night. But sadly, I, I wanted to look away from the favourite. I can tell you this right now, um, and I don't know why it is, but they're not my prices on the uh, on the website right now. So it says eighteen dollars. I was trying to check what I marked it, but they're not my prices. Um, well, they're the tab prices. They're they're the prices that are actually on the tab as I see them. So um, they, if you have a look, they match up with the the prices that are being offered right now. Look, uh, in a in a way, I don't mind. I don't mind that. I think the only the only, uh, the only little benefit I might, I'll find a way to get mine out there because it's just a comparison sometimes for punters compared to what the what the price is compared to what we might have uh, we might have assessed them. So, but I don't mind it because you know if you look at a form guide and and you see a price, then you go and that same price is there. And it usually makes you pretty happy, doesn't it? That uh, it makes you very upset sometimes when you when you look at a price and it says five dollars fifty, then it's paying a dollar ninety in. in uh, IRL, as the kids would say, in real life. So that's all right. Um, I, I, I'm, you've, you've totally t- talked me out of it. There's no way I'm putting a bet on the sweet passion now. I, uh, you've, um, would you have beforehand, though? Or? I don't think so, unless unless it got out to, um, you know, I think, what price? If it got out to four bucks, I think I'd, ha- I'd have a little go. But then if it gets out to four bucks with what you've said, and they said, you know, they say you shouldn't you shouldn't uh, recognise a drift and all the rest of it, but sometimes in a situation like this, if it was to drift significantly, then you'd have to be concerned. And you know what? If you're being really, you make such a great point because I reckon if you were being very harsh and you were happy to give a pass mark, right, to the first couple of runs, uh, there's preparation and more focused on the last couple. But the, even the first up run, I know it's run third to just a little sib. But I spoke to Matty Craven in the stalls that night, and he was really confident. And two horses, just a little sip, they they did blaze past Sweet Passion on that occasion. And you'll say, first up from a break and all the rest of it. But then when you get the further evidence, I mean, that race, that race at one second up from a break was a 56 to 63 Raider. And then it's had every chance. So sometimes horses can get beaten not big margins, and they look like they're going okay. But it's what you mentioned, it's that... 
whether that will to win in that fight is uh, is there at the moment. Because if that's not there, from a wide second line draw over 1,720 metres, you're in bother, aren't you, Dan? Yep, absolutely. Um, you just like to see the horses find the line and um, show a bit of uh, oh, a passion for their craft almost. It was missing last start. There's no doubt about that. So, look, sometimes it might be a gear change, might be an alteration of training there could have been a hiccup in the lead up you know you're looking at all not even the one percenters now the 0.1 percenters uh but when they're three dollar favorite um i i don't think it's worth taking a risk on so then lottie moon racketeers boy and tiger bandwagon are the others that i've got in and maybe now if i'm thinking i'm going to have a better it might be Lottie Moon, just because I think Anthony, but this horse has got really good gate speed 1720 if it gets across no pressure it might nearly get the job done. We're one race down, eight races to go. Friday, form panel, D-Mills, J-Bond, Blister in the Sun to start the show. What's all he got for us next? We'll find out soon straight after this break. Welcome back to the Friday form panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Sergeant Baker got a call from the governor of the county jail. Load up. Load up, load up, we're up, people. Well, I'll tell you what we'll not be loading up on, Dan Malecki, as we look at race two on the Friday form panel. And you might uh, be about to make a very different case than me. I, um, maybe I would, um, I've just realised something, haven't I? I was going to say, Hammer's Law is scratched? Not just Hammer's Law is scratched, not just that. I I was kind of looking at Bully and Harry and thinking, you are extremely short. And then... uh, I've sort of, uh, I've jerried all of a sudden that don't touch the Ducos is the likely leader and would probably hand up to to Bully and Harry here. But does that change the tactics of the race? Does, does Elise Sutton now try and kick up harder on Let Us Trot, um, fearful of that scenario? They're different. They're different owners. Don't touch the Duco is a better horse in front. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm Swings and roundabouts here. I'm pulling myself in two directions, but I think that a dollar sixty-five. Somehow, I think that's got to be too short for Bullion Harry, but you you might tell me something completely altered it. Uh, look, I think the scenario of him working to the lead is, is the most likely scenario. But the thing is, Bullion Harry doesn't need to lead to win this race. He was able to run down Elderberry and Zeus from behind. So, you know, clearly um, he'll win. The, he'll be able to win this race however it's run. I don't think there's a scenario that he would be... Uh, poorly disadvantaged. Maybe you wouldn't want to see him sit without cover, but Chris Lang, it's it's, it's not a spot that he's often in unless he wants to be there. So um, I think it's all about Boogie and Harry. There is a horse, though, that I reckon can run a bit of a race, and that's well-defined, yes. having had a couple of runs back, and there's no place um, uh, prices available at the moment. But with eight horses in the field, he might be a good place bet. Um, and maybe, you know, something on for the win, but a higher amount for the play, dollar a win, $4 dollars a place ratio, but just depends what price he he might be. He should be ready. Uh, he, he finds a good race well to find. Um, Travel Bug is the next best. They're the three that I, I sort of thought stood out from the others, and anywhere Hugo, he gets a good, gore, <coughs> good draw anywhere Hugo, and he can stand up well in a race of this type. Don't touch the Duco, can run a bit of a race particularly if he leads and takes a trail behind his stable mate. So he may well be the other one I could have considered putting into the top four. But uh, I think Bullion Harry, uh, it's his race to lose with the danger the five or the bigger danger well-defined. Travel Bug's got a chance. He'll, he'll start the second favourite. Uh, but seven, five, eight and two. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm going five, seven, uh, five, seven, eight and three now. I'm still, I still want to take Bullion Harry on because... I'm glad you mentioned well-defined. So well-defined's third up from a break. was terrific last time out. I thought better than Bully and Harry. Um, it gets away from those, you know, massive handicaps and the standing starts. Uh, Shannon O'Sullivan's going to take the drive. And I know that her opinion of how to drive this horse is uh, pretty aggressively, I think. And I think you can... I think you can potentially roll forward here. It's actually got good gate speed, uh, well-defined. We just don't think about it much because uh, it's so off from the standing starts. And I think that standing start form, when you go when you go through it, is uh, as strong as anything. So Travel Bug has been beaten in that Bendigo Trotters Cup, only 11 metres by ultimate stride. That measures up with um, the ultimate stride win from the mobile start last weekend. So I'm happy to take... 
the traditional strand horses here, and they are travel bug and also well-defined. If Boogie and Harry finds the front, it'd be very, very hard to beat. But I must say, and he has been a, a significant improver. Uh, he's always been a nice horse, but, you know, that win over Older Baron Zeus, if you took that in isolation, I mean, that's just outrageous for 156 for going straight past Older Baron Zeus. Um, but I don't know if that's his level or that was, you know, one out of the box, which was um, an, a slight outlier in how good it was. But we'll find out a little bit more at Melton tomorrow night. Race three on the card. Holy, holy Lord in hell um, or in heaven, wherever he is, wherever she is, this is a tough race. I Having said that. I can't believe that first statement. That's a classic. <laughs> uh, Pesci. Um, Pesci's trolled very, very well, and I thought it might be the class runner, runner anyway. So we're getting $4, and I'll tell you what I marked it. Well, I won't actually because it's less than half that quote. That's how, So this is a very, very tough race, but I was pretty keen on Pesci. What did you make of it, Dan? Look, it, the, often I'll say that it's uh, I, I'll pot the horses that are first up in metropolitan class races, but I think this race isn't that. Um, you know, you might be able to look upon this race being a, a Wednesday night at Bendigo. Um, uh, so I, I'm not ruling out uh, uh, Pesci winning first up simply because of the, the class of the race. So it's the right sort of race, not as if it's in the old M1 or M2 and they're going to take racing. This is probably the right race that looks like it's got progression um, and, and certainly winning chance first up. I, I haven't put it on top, but having said that, we're still a couple of days out from the race and um, I'm open to change. Um, mate, I, I, honestly, this I can make cases for a couple of horses to want to throw in the mix. Um, look, perhaps Balenciago gets its chance from barrier two. Um, it did have uh, that setback. It was scratched, was it last week or the week before? So that is of concern. But Benandi seeing the right opportunity to put it in a race where it draws well, and that's the key. So... Not a lot of confidence, but I can make cases for uh, Valiente, number eight. Uh, think a couple of its runs back from a long, long layoff were pretty good and then was up in class at its last couple. So pegline draw, it might be a top four hope. And uh, also, look, let's make tracks wasn't a bad run first up. Oh, Hadn't good. raced for a long time. It's good for a runner after that long break, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, just held up a bit late. Not that he was ever going to win the race, but there was, with clearer room, he, he could well have made it interesting. Uh, he might need more racing, but again, it's probably the right race. Ugh, look, there's not really a horse that I could leave out here. I'm going to tip them two, ten, eight, and four. Uh, I'm going ten, four, eight, and six. I thought that Regal Rock might be able to get across. I'll tell you what... There's a horse called Heavenly Brigade here that is equal favourite. Now, there was one, um, was it last weekend or the weekend before, there was double the Hunter was in the final race. I think it might have been last weekend. And I marked it about a 50 to 1 or 100 to 1, and it started about 6 bucks, but it lost by 50 metres. So I was kind of relieved, not not for Tim Moore, but I was kind of relieved. But I've got to say, this is a very similar case to me. So I'm going to go with Pesci. Uh, dom- dominantly is the one I want to beat. Uh, but I, I, I think it is the one to beat and the one I want to win, I should say. But Heavenly Brigade is one I want to discuss with you when we come back from a break in the news. Live on SEN Track, welcome to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Yeah, right. Yeah. Jeez. Sounds, yeah. TNT. What is TNT? It's dynamite. I don't know. That didn't sit. Brighton Johnson doesn't sound as raspy as uh, normal. TNT! Maybe it's just because I'm so raspy. I, I expect that level from everybody. Race four is the final leg of the early quaddy at uh, Melton. Are you a man? Among your broad range of musical tastes? Is, uh, do I have a heartbeat? <laughs> of course. Do <laughs> I care about life? Am I a passionate person? Uh, was that, I think that was Bon Scott, though, wasn't it? 
Was that that was Bond? Was it? Jeez, now that might, that, that might be the reason because uh, Brian's a little bit raspier than Bond. But um, I did watch the Bond Scott documentary on an Australian story a little while back. I don't know if I mentioned it on this show, but he's uh, um, like a genuine, like a bit before my time to be honest. Just but. Like a genuine rock star, genuine rock star Bon Scott was. It didn't end that well for him, as we know. But no. he was a like a pro, like I don't know if Australia's had that many genuine rock stars. Probably Jimmy Barnes gets the Guernsey, but Bon Scott was a man, wasn't he? Oh, no doubt about that. I, mean, I must admit, for, for Brian Johnson, Big Phil, uh, yeah. shoes to fill, and the most job, successful album they've ever had was the first one, uh, the Back and Black album when when he took over. And um, actually, he's doing a lot of work on TV now, Brian Johnson, yeah. with these documentary type um, shows um, and in one of them he interviews other great uh, rock stars and it's been fabulous. Um, yeah, you wouldn't have thought that that would be a role he would fit into but he's been absolutely wonderful. Mm, I can find that. Um, that'll be good. Race four. Uh, well, this is over 1,200 metres and I um, that was major, major holds the key in some respects you would imagine because Major Major uh, did win one of these 1,200-metre races, three starts back. Laird held the lead. Uh, we better believe it now, scratching of Dad and Dave draws right next door. Having said that, I've got to tell you, and I know we've been, particularly you have uh, been hitched to the wagon of We Better Believe It for some time, but I thought this was absolutely his race. I mean, if, if he finds the front here, this is, again, 1,200-metre race, Cobber is a sit sprinter. Let's rock, let's roll as a sit sprinter. La Captain I don't, doesn't seem to quite have the gate speed uh, that he used to have him from out wide there. I don't think he can cross. So I don't. if we better believe it can find the front here, I don't. I see very minimal pressure for a six furlong race. How did you rate it? Look, and that's the key, isn't it? Uh, pull the other leg will come out of the gate, though. If Andy's going to uh, put this horse towards a 1,200-metre race, it's going to use its gate speed. So it will come out, and I suspect, Tess, we better believe it. doesn't mean it'll cross it, but it might just generate enough pace. And if that is the case, let's rock, let's roll will come into his element. Um, there are two horses that I've been continuing to follow. We better believe it doesn't let you down. Each week they seem to put up 4 or $5, and if you get on early, you can back him each way. Uh, let's rock, let's roll, far more one-dimensional, but is ready to win. Um, so they're my two. We better believe it and let's rock, let's roll. Uh, and I think they're the main two. And you know what? I think they're the only two. Four, seven. I think Paul the other leg is capable of sitting without cover because if he comes out of the gate, he, he's going to want to run. Now, if he does cross, we better believe it. That changes up things a fair bit. We better believe it can still win because if anything, he might be slightly better chasing. He won't be disadvantaged, but let's rock, let's roll could be. Um, so I'm doing four... Seven, I think Cobber's got to go in the mix, doesn't it? Four, seven, six, and five. Yeah, I'm going four, seven, six, and eight. And you've only got two. So this is interesting because you've got sort of two winning chances. I've got one or three. So I'm going to be having uh, a a decent bet while I'm gambling responsibly. I'm way better believe it. I, it. It seems ridiculous because every time... I run into these 1,200-metre races. I can't find the winner and something goes wrong. But I don't know if, if I've ever found it. Maybe catch a wave, I found it. The Mercury 84 yeah. on a dollar eight. Uh, yeah. but Not I, without worry at the 400, by the way. No, and he won by half the straight. I'm aware. Uh, but I thought this could happen again. But um, and then went on with it, didn't it? Uh, winning the Chariots of Fire and the Miracle Mile. But I just think we better believe it. And we better believe it. Major Major gets out pretty well. But we better believe it has shown more recently sort of that snap acceleration that isn't uh, – he doesn't have to build – he doesn't have to build his momentum. I know Ultimate Vinny wasn't trying to hold it out when it crossed, but Ultimate Vinny's a quick beginner and it got straight across, got straight across Ghost of Time. Um, so <clears throat> I think it will be leading, and if it is leading, I think it will be winning. Let's rock, let's roll second. But I give Cobra a serious hope. So um, I'll be having two early quaddies. One vast majority will be on We Better Believe It to win. And then uh, Let's Rock, Let's Roll and Cobra is the other winning hopes. And Lark Captain's flying, but just can't find its right race at the moment, I don't believe. So four, seven, six, and eight for me. First leg of the quaddie is the tab. Bold David, free for all. Courageous eight comes out. Um, just, just a little sip. Have the early speed here to hold up until uh, he's a son of a gun gets there. And if that's the case, 
Have we got a situation, even with these very, very classy second row runners, like Max Delight and uh, Perfect Stride and Supreme Dominator and Like a Wildfire, is this a leader-behind-leader race where he's a son of a gun, should be winning, and just a little sip is his major danger, or have you read it differently? Daniel Malecki. Well, I think he's a son of a gun's got to come out of the gate, and he'll lead. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty confident that he'll lead. Um, I don't know what to make of last week's run. I actually thought he was disappointing. He, he didn't run on like expected. Um, maybe second up syndrome. Maybe he just got the race run to suit. He probably won a little underdone first up. So a similar scenario here with that run under his belt. If he treated it like a trial, um, I'm not saying that's the way Matt drove him, but maybe from a fitness perspective, that's what it was for the horse. So here he can blast off the gate because this is now 2,240 metres, of course. Um, and he can lead and then there might be something around, come around and sit park, which could be a uh, like a wildfire. It could be a supreme dominator, depending on the, on the pace of the race. Could be a Tango Tara for that matter. Uh, perfect stride being first up, maybe not. Um, however, he's a son of a gun. Looks like he's going to get the right run. I think if you had just a little sip and he did have gate speed, I mean, he's up a fair bit in class. As good as he looks, he's going to get a charmed run, isn't he? You'd want to be behind he's a son of a gun. So I think it's the draw to to uh, get a sit with. Of course, unless you've got a stable mate who might want to come around uh, halfway through the race and uh, rest the lead off you as well. Now... Supreme Dominator, we all rate him, but, you know, clearly he's got little issues. He's been scratched a few times within the course of this preparation, and sometimes he's driven a little more aggressively, and sometimes he's driven cheaply. And so I'm not 100% sure what to expect with him. Uh, we'll go with what we do expect, and that's he's the son of a gun to come off the gate uh, to be able to lead and be very hard to beat. So seven, he's the son of a gun. You're probably right. With, with that in mind, um, just a little sip's going to get the right run. Um, have to put in, like a wildfire's the one that can go around and sit parked, I think. I think even though he's, he's freshened. Yeah. And, um, and even though he, he's not winning Cosimo, he could still sneak through into third or fourth. So seven, one, 13 and 8. Yeah, I've gone 7, 1, 13 and 12, but I'd be including Cosimo and my exotic perfect stride. Um, yeah, it's it's... It's one of those races. Like a wildfire, I think, he is the one to go around to the breeze. But I'm just thinking off that freshen. I mean, and, and to be fair, he's a son of a gun at his best. He's a good enough horse that if like a wildfire has to has to make a significant move around the field to get up outside the leader, and maybe, and, and the thing is, someone might want to go in front of him, probably will, maybe a Max Delight. Who knows? So I, I think he's going to have to do a little bit of work to get there. So once you've done that in these races, then the issue then is you're, pro you're very unlikely to lay down the law when you get there, aren't you? So you might you might get into that uh, decent spot without without um, bursting a gasket, but I can't see like a wildfire <clears throat> um, whipping around and then foot flat to the floor. And that's that's why I think um, it's got to be advantage. He's a son of a gun. If just little sip can be behind the leader, there's no doubt the most, in, in my mind at least, the most impressive... Uh, when we've seen from just little sit was uh, that night that he was three poles uh, in you know fifty five and change on the wet track and yeah. on the wet track and just went straight by him. So, funnily enough, sort of going through the grades early, he looked like he was a, um, a bit of a, uh, a a tough, strong stayer. But now, now I just think he's just pure speed. So behind the mm. leader here. Uh, and don't get me wrong, he's a son of a gun. It's pure speed as well. But I'm thinking one of the two will win and. I put it down to whether he's a son of a gun can just totally own the race and dictate terms to a complete nicety in front, or whether there's just enough pressure that just a little sip can can zip up and challenge him late. But uh, I think primarily it's between those two, seven and one over thirteen and twelve. But I got to tell you, they didn't miss just a little sip um, at around uh, under five dollars. So they've 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 given it a great chance four dollars eighty at the moment he's a son of a gun two dollars forty just before we get to a break what amazing stat that i've i did know this about like a wildfire but uh he has this is a freshen up but he's won five of six when he's come off any sort of break and perfect strides won three of five it's quite an unusual record for two very good horses isn't it 
Look, it, it probably is, but how many times when they've won first up have they been drawn barriers 11 and 13? That's the other thing yeah. um, to put into perspective, uh, I guess. You've got to sort of narrow it down. But, um, they're, well, it just means they're good horses and they're generally reliable horses, doesn't it? The only thing with Like a, um, like a Wildfire is it might, he might not have had those terrible draws, but he's actually won quality races. So where it can also get sometimes deceptive is if they've just gone through the grades and they've had some cheap kills first up from a break. But he's actually turned up and won some very good races. But I'm making that case and then telling you, I think it's going to be too hard from out there as well. Time for a break. When we return, we've still got four races to go on the Friday form panel. Dan Maleggi and Jay Bond. And don't forget, we're going to start a new segment later on called Multiculture because I don't want to know the results of the last couple of weeks. At least so we're starting it again today. Do you see what I see? Lost it there. Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Probably something we uh we ask one another on the Friday form panel. Ten. Sometimes when we disagree, do you see what I see? Did you miss that run? Um, yeah. Or did you see it? But most of the time we. Uh, we see them relatively similarly, but that it doesn't mean that uh, it, like even even the most seemingly obvious races can be read can be read different ways, can't they? And I think there's been a number of occasions, particularly recently at Victorian Harness Headquarters, where uh, it is a game of inches because it, it's that one choose your own adventure decision or um, something that you didn't predict or maybe somebody else did that is the fine line between. Pleasure and pain, or in this case, winning and losing. And also, uh, you can have strengths, whether you do this professionally or not. You can be good at picking out horses that, you know, uh, cover ground, for example, or um, are unlucky, or uh, reel off a really good split from back in the field that aren't the obvious. And um, I'm, uh, you, you know, there are certain areas or certain strengths you're happy to follow your own um uh, advice uh, based on previous history of finding similar types of horses as well um, or uh, being brought to your attention by someone. And that's the good thing about coming uh, together, you and I, on a, a preview like today because I'll have a decent idea of what I like but I can massage it uh, or slightly switch it around because my tips aren't put in concrete yet. They're not public. Once they're made public, you know, you can have a change of opinion or thought but you can't change the numbers. Um, perhaps on Trot's Vision we get the opportunity to do that because it's more verbal. But once mine go out to the tab and um, Sky Channel and, and the various sites, I'm obliged to stick with it. Um, but at least while we're doing this preview, get an opportunity to make it concrete. And that's always good to hear that other person's opinion because they could be stronger in that area of ident identifying aspects um, that can make a difference. So it's good. And, and, and also, I mean, this is a classic um, classic exemplification, I would have thought, this race, where just roll your own stands out to me to some degree. Um, in fact, I kind of wanted to make it one of my best, but then I look at $2.80 and I don't, I don't know if I want to really launch in at $2.80, but, I, but basically this is a classic case where if you tell me that just roll your own also sort of stood out on the page to you, then I start to get, I start to get a hell of a lot more confident because I he's a it's been a roller coaster ride for this horse since he uh, turned up in Australian soil, and I I get the distinct impression that Andy Gas got a good opinion of him. This looks a nice draw for him, um, so I have got him on top. The one that was seemingly massive overs when the markets opened, I think it was ten or eleven dollars was Irvine. Uh, I've got it as the major danger. And and then I'd love to know what you think about Relentless Me and where it's at and it's trial well and all the rest of it and even Bubba Scrubs. So I need you to um, I need you to help me sort this out because if you're really confident about Just Roll Your Own, I'm going to get more confident. But let's find out. Yeah, I'm not, no. Um, and not at $2.80 either. Um, when I say I'm not, I, I've, I've got it tipped at second. Um, but it's... It's just that sort of race where it's more a, a collective group of horses that I think are winning chances. Um, and the draw with Irvine suits. Got no gate speed, though, so it may as well have drawn 10. Um, that's always of concern, but continues to find the line well. Bubba Scrub was good last week. Um, 
it's got to be the right race for just roll your own, doesn't it? It's just maybe we, maybe I, when he won that 1,200-metre race first up, I just thought, oh, well, he's clearly better than these and he'll yeah. rush through the classes. Maybe he's not as, uh, as, as good as I initially thought. Um, maybe it's taken him time. Maybe he finds the right race again. He, he was solid last time, though. Um, so he, he'll be a good chance. Relentless Me would be the class runner. Uh, however... Does she need some more uh, racing? She's only had the one start this year and, you know, was well held. And, and that was six weeks ago. So it just wonders, you, you wonder where she might be at for this race after, again, quite a long gap. And, um, and the others are much of a muchness. There's not much that I can rule out of being a chance or at least running top four. Um, but two, Irvine for race fitness. Nine, just roll your own. I mean, it looks a good race for it. Three, Relentless Me's capable, but probably needing one more. And Bubba Scrub, the four, two, nine, eleven, and four. I'm not confident I've got it right, but, you know, I found it. Uh, I found it comfortable enough to narrow it down to those four main chances. Well, we definitely agree on that. Um, they're the only four I'll play in the quaddie. Nine to eleven and four, so really we're already switching around the top two. And if I was doing, if I was going to be tipping on price, I would have Irvine on top. I marked Irvine four dollars, and I marked Just Roll Your Own three fifty. I was kind of hoping that I wouldn't, it wouldn't come up this short, but in fact it opened at two point five. And I'm predicting on burning questions today that Andy Gath will be best betting this, but I don't think he'd be amazingly wrapped with the price either. And I think Andy's uh, Andy's opinion of this horse is what's resonating in my mind as well. I think, Dan, because I reckon I interviewed him before that 1,200-metre race, which was his Aussie debut, and he basically said he'll be a 100-rader. Um, yeah. You know, and, and we're a, still... A Tango Tara or, or yeah. something, you know, not, not far off it. And know. we're still in a 70 to 79. At the, and he, he's flown home last start. The only little thing about this horse, I reckon, is... I don't know if he loves doing a stack of work, and I don't know, uh, like he had to make a big run straight after that in the second run of Australian soil, and he just, he yeah, just sort of gave, part, yeah, yeah uh, and he, it just wasn't his go. So where he ends up here, because he's actually drawn behind Irvine, who, as you mentioned, uh, sort of floats out, and if Irvine's got that four metre advantage on just roll your own in the run, well, there's not going to be a lot between between them at the finish. I did like the run above a scrub. It was 150 to one, and now we are. They're asking us to take five bucks, so that's a bit rude. But uh, I think Bubba Scrub might even be able to push forward and find the front. It's going to be, it's going to be a temptation for a few of these to, to have a crack because it's not a fast front line. Even Jimmy Herberton again. Hugo Rocks has got just as much gate speed as Om Shadow Boxer when it wants to use it. So it could be an interesting start of the race. But we've got the same top four numbers, just in a different order: nine, two, eleven, and four. Time for another break. We'll come back with a very intriguing and high-quality three-year-old affair. And we're also going to try and sort out the Elder Baron Park Sweetheart Trot Final. Normally, those trotting races for age and gender-restricted horses are pretty easy to work out. I'm not sure this one is. Back soon. Welcome back, Friday form panel, party atmosphere here. It's going to be, it's going to be a fill up tomorrow night, hopefully. But I'll tell you what, um, this three-year-old affair is, it's very, very intriguing. Okay, Boomer is the, well, it's not an unknown quantity. You can go back and watch the uh, the Kiwi replays. Hasn't trialed since arriving here that I could find. Okay, Boomer. This is the kind of thing they say to me now. Like, I'm not a Boomer. I'm Gen X to me. Uh, but uh, I have well, one. One feature of this horse's character is it does have early speed. Now, cheers to Lou Flies out. We know that, Dan. But one suspects with the services of uh, one of the all-time gate drivers in N Jack and the fact that they've kept this nice and short at 240 indicates there's a very good chance that OK Boomer might be leading. But I'll tell you what I'd want to because if cheers to Lou did get across, then six and seven come across as well. And major celebrity first up from a break... Seems massive odds at nine. What did you make of it? Yeah, look, this is not a bad level uh, quality race, is it? Um, There are a lot of things to take into account here. Okay, Boomy can easily get sucked in when you look at the price and you see New Zealand form and 
Uh, don't get me wrong, it's former New Zealand's pretty good. It's run fifth in their, probably one of their best races, the Sires, um, on Cup Day Group 1. But there was the top four and then there was the next bunch and yeah. he was the first home of the next bunch. Yeah. So uh, from the New Zealand perspective, he's he's the, the next tier down, uh, which is the right sort of race for him here. Uh, he did show the gate speed to win a couple of starts ago. He's got a lovely pacing action when he's allowed to roll along as well. And um, he, he led and, and he won very easily there. And he wasn't far off against some handy types last time. Good gate. Has, has good gate speed. I'm thinking Cheers to Lou might be able to cross him. Uh, but there's no guarantee that Cheers to Lou is going to take the trail either. So he might end up in the right spot. Or Nathan is just happy to stay one off the pegs and, and then have a crack for the lead. Uh, depending on what happens with the horses out wider. So, look, I've put him on top, but with uh, mainly based on where does Louis Luai get to, uh, major celebrities mm. first up, cheers to Lou, can run a race, but is he quite that level? And our mm. Vinny, awkward gate, he, he might be the obvious main threat. Um, market key here with OK Boomer, but I think I've seen enough uh, of him to know he'll measure up. I didn't think he'd be 240. I thought he might have been closer to the prices of Louis Luai and our Vinny. I'll go with the markets, three, seven, eight, and uh, and four here, but you probably mentioned, or you did mention Major Celebrity, and he may well be the uh, the runner to keep an eye on as far as his price is concerned. He hasn't raced for a long time, looked to have a, any amount of ability there, and um, he could very easily figure here. It's an intriguing race, three, seven, eight, and four. I've gone three, six, seven, and eight here, so, uh, yeah, Cheers to Lou, I just don't quite think is at that level. Um, Doug's platter, not bad last time. Our Vinny uh, was really, really good last time out. But, I mean, when you measure up our Vinny, major celebrity in its last two Group 1 races has been $4.80 and 5 bucks and finished third and fifth. And now it comes up $9 here. I know it's first up from a break and all the rest of it, but... I can't quite get my head around that. Fourth to the Lost Storm um, at Mirabara. I mean, it's been up against the best. It wasn't far away from first responder. These are the these are the benchmark of the um, of the age, and uh, I, I don't know why it's nine dollars. But then it kind of weirds me out that it's nine dollars. Louis Luai, does it go forward? Does it go back? It's obviously a really really nice horse. The winning the George Crockford was a cracker, but that draw makes it very very hard. I think Ross Payne. Might still be relatively aggressive. I, I, you know, if I was uh, David Moran and Ross Payne, by the way, I'm neither. My name's Jason Bonington. But I, you'd run the gate with both of them when you're in the in the hope that Cheers to Lou got across and and then and then have a crack for the front. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But if you never never go, you never never know, do you, Dan? Well, major celebrity first up. That's the key. You're going to go there with the idea of he's going to improve with the run. We don't want to give him a gut buster first up, and that way you wouldn't run the gate. If you go there with his trial, well, he's, he's well ahead of a schedule. He's got really good gate speed. Then you would have a crack. So that will be. Uh, I think that'd be a pre-plan. You'd know what David Moran would be attempting to, to do with major celebrity. Louis Luai, a little, a bit different. If he's got the gate speed to be able to push on because he's definitely got the race fitness. So if you're looking at the key runners on the front line that are hard fit, it's Louis Luai. Cheers to Lou likewise. But OK Boomer's first, it hasn't had a long break. It's coming here with a, a terrific amount of residual fitness. It's been less than a month since its last start. So it comes over here, um, you know, relatively fit, would have just had a couple of fast workouts since it's been here and it would have kept it on track. But Louis Luai should be hard fit after three runs. Yeah, I think three, I'll be playing three, and six, well, three, six, seven, and eight, maybe, or maybe just, if they back OK Boom before the quaddy starts, I might have one with him one out because um, he's been kept a lot safer than I necessarily expected. I, you know, I thought, what did I mark him about three dollars? So two dollars forty is not not cr crazily shorter, but at least it's indicating that they do have confidence that the horse will run well. First up on Australian soil, we'll take another break. So I think we've got two more to clear. Uh, we've only got one. Oh, maybe we'll take. We might take race nine now. Uh, this is the Elder Baron Park Sweetheart Trot Final. Um, normally, as I mentioned, these races there's quite often uh, quite significant, obvious class discrepancies. But I'm not sure that's the case here. It's a tough old race. Um, there were some really eye-catching performances mm. in the heats. Lady Madge Lewis, uh, Elder Baron Tanisha. Then you've got Glamour Stride, beautifully bred out of Real Babe. Um, we think it's the better of the two Chris Lang runners. Chris has decided to drive Glamour Stride over Satin Stride. 
Uh, then you've got Mulberry Pie, who I think will be trying similar tactics to win the heat leading and taking a trail on air minute. There's a bit going, there's a bit going on here, Dan, isn't there? Yes, indeed there is. Um, I found my value runner for the night. Long shot for the night, if you like. Uh, I didn't really know what price it was going to come up until uh, I had a look late last night. But um, I, I'm thinking the Glamour Stride Heat was the stronger race. Um, so I, I've used uh, – my selections revolve around that race. But Elderberry and Tanisha yeah, are lightly yeah. raced mare. The way she finished off there, I mean, it was really strong to the line and – and can benefit off that run, I would have thought. Um, look, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. She is out of the draw, still learning, as many of them are. There are plenty of other horses have got far more experience than her, but I think she's got tremendous scope and she's really good value. So 12, Elderberry and Tanisha. Uh, the eight is Glamour Stride, who's building up a pretty good record, good enough to run in a Group 1 race two starts ago. Uh, Glamour Stride, and uh, over the course of, uh, of a couple of preparations now, she looks a nice filly. And, and I expect there's further improvement in her as well easy to say once she's only had four starts but you know I like where she's going um I think stable mate satin stride uh, can be considered and also um the other runner I put in was she sales uh, she seemed to have a chance last start but she did sort of stick to her guns pretty well has got a bit of experience and she would have been building up um some uh fitness as well because she hadn't raced for a long time and she only had four runs back so if anything she's probably at her top right now so 12 8 6 and 11. i've gone eight five two and six and i think the overs might be mulberry pie because well you know what you're going to get and i think we're going to get leading and trailing again and if a couple of them make mistakes but i do like where you're going with elder baron tanisha the run was very, very good, very hard to miss. Time for our final break. Then we come back with a brand new segment called Multiculture and our best bets. Back in a moment. Friday, form panel about to wind up with Jay Bond and emails. Here are the panel's best. Poor old Tina. Now she lived a great life, Tina Turner, the Queen. Um, apart from that time with Ike, wasn't it? Bastard of an individual. Does it me of him? That what's love got to do with it? I think it's cool. Um, Dan, uh, the best bets. I this is this is going to be interesting here because um, I've got it. Well, I think my best bets in multiculture is going to look pretty similar. But uh, have you got have you got sort of dead set best, or are you playing for a little bit of value with your best bets? Uh, look, I think Bullion Harry was the one that stood out. There's no great odds uh, about him, but he was the one I felt comfortable enough that I could tip to someone and. Um, you know, um, expect that they'll be collecting. So does that make sense? Race two, number seven, <laughs> Bullion Harry. Um, my each way is race seven. So my best each way, race seven, number two, Irvine. I think the, the odds yeah. on offer yeah. are very respectable. And my value runner, my long shot, if you like, is Elder Baron Tanisha, race nine, uh, number 12. Yeah, look, I'm just going to give... Um I'm going to give four best bets, and this is going to be very similar to the this brand new segment, Multiculture. Um, I like uh, I like number ten, Pesci in race three. Well, you better believe it's the absolute best for mine. Uh, I think that he's the son of a gun. Will be winning, and also just roll your own. So uh, you'll hear those names again in a moment. Here's Multiculture. It's time for Multiculture. That's, uh, that reminds me so much of one of the greatest nights of harness racing ever when Vanessa Amorosi was there at, at, at Mooney Valley. So it puts me in a good mood. You want me to go first? I will. Uh, all up, race two, number seven, Bullion Harry to win. A place, race six, number five, I'm Shadow Boxer. A place, race seven, number two, Irvine. All up, $7.26. Well, that's very nice. Was that the year 2000 or not? Was that later? Uh, I can't remember, but I do remember it being really good. And I had a perfect bird's eye view watching it from the broadcasting box at, uh, at Mooney Valley. It was memorable. Ollie, uh, Ollie's got FOMO, but he, he's just, he, he wishes he was there. But I'll tell you what, he would have been very young. He, I'm not sure, would he have been alive? Um, I'm going to have uh, all those four that I've mentioned, and they are Pesci, uh, We Better Believe It, He's a Son of a Gun, and Just Roll Your Own. But it's going to be a parlay. Parlay multi. I just want three of the four to win. Good on you, Dan. Enjoy the weekend, mate, and hopefully we can win on the punt. Look forward to it. Thanks, mate. There's Dan Malecki. He's off to watch Caddyshack again, or maybe one of those other films. I don't know what I'm going to do when I go home. I'm not going home yet. I've got burning questions to do. You can catch up with that later. Au revoir. Bye-bye. Hasta luego.